2: Fishing
1: like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG show live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back
2: to The Real Down
3: Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, oh, boys and
2: girls. Welcome to once again, Bass Guy uh, brother. This is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome
4: back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Yeah, welcome back to the Alpha I'm your
1: host, Christopher. Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy... is
3: Q here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to
5: the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast.
1: We're brought to you by... Hello, hello everybody out there. This
2: is Matt coming at you from the final cast with special guest Sean from Bassfish with Noobs. How you doing, Sean? Good, man. How about you? Oh, man, I'm living the dream. I got off a little early today, got into a nice 17-inch smallmouth and some ripples on the jerk bait, my favorite bait of all time. And it was awesome until I I lost the bait, which, you know, it's just a Vision 110, so it's fine. It's not (laughs) like it was expensive or anything. Uh, (laughs) Out. Yeah, man, it's like the one bait that I just it hurts more than anything to lose because, A, I can't find them anywhere, especially the juniors, unless I the drive seniors, an hour so and a I to say, yeah. Yeah, dude, they're like, I can't find them, and they're perfect for smallies, but, of course, the one stupid tree that I couldn't see, because it only goes down like two foot, mm-hmm. but, of course, it was right there, and it was just far enough because I was bank fishing. That i couldn't go in there and i just saw a moccasin go underneath the wood piles there so i wasn't gonna try it so yeah it's just with the fishes now
5: yeah. but uh
2: it is what it is it got me a fish that was the first i literally had that bait for a week a week it got me one fish gone so uh. whatever
3: well, I have a couple but, of world minnows that I haven't even thrown yet. If that makes you feel any better, they're just expensive, <laughs> expensive sitting in my tackle box, you know.
2: Yeah, well, dude, I've got I've got citizens that I was super pumped and I pre-ordered and every or not pre-ordered, but got the order, and they're still in the package. Like yeah. they haven't even seen water yep. yet. That's how. So, mine are, like, like if I could, if I can move the camera, if you see everything on this table right here, including the. The reels that are sitting that don't have a home And I haven't <laughs> used them in like eight months Like People would be upset, be like, yeah, you have all this Crap, you don't even use it, yeah, I have a problem Everyone, we've discussed this and <laughs> we understand it So, but Sean, how's everything been going For you?
3: you know. uh, going pretty good um, uh, I had a busy week I, I recorded with John Rapp just a little bit Ago, um, a little bit on his show Talking about fishing for River Smallies on the Susquehanna, so that was fun
2: oh, and the uh, promised land Oh yeah, the river promised land It always makes me, I say all the time to Brad I'm like, every time you post something, I was like, it's not even fair. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, he's catching all these smallmouth. It's because he's on the Susky. Like, that's just (laughs) not fair. Like, why can't I live there? So, yeah, yeah. But But if it makes you feel any better,
3: I'm jealous of you guys that you get to fish with other people. I'm like, I wish I had people that live closer to me, you know, because I fish by myself 90% of the time. There's a few people that I go out with, but uh, I'm always envious when I hear you guys talking about going out together.
2: And so... Yeah, that is, that is the plus about it. Uh, I don't know. One of us is bad luck because uh, when we go out, we, we just been catching nothing but dinks. So, but uh, Brad got, finally got a good one on Saturday. So I can finally stop listening to him and complain about it. But uh, you know, we'll see, hopefully we're going to the white river in Indiana this coming Thursday. So hopefully we get some, get some goodies. We'll see though. But, We've got a really good show. I know you were super pumped when I asked you to co-host with this for me. Um, we're bringing in a bait company that I've known about. You've been using them for a while, but I've known about and just started using about a month ago. And I can tell you, I am nothing but hooked, for a lack of a better phrase that is too fishing related and it's a pun, but I am. And that's Nico Baits. So we have Scott Barrett, which is the America North American market uh director and we have the creek crawler himself nico pro staff brian slanton gentlemen how we doing
4: oh pretty good great. You. You're doing, doing great You're man
2: <laughs> welcome guys thank you good to be here all right so for the people at home we'll start with you scott let them know who you are you know things along those lines okay um so uh
4: name scott i grew up in uh, virginia where I live now. Um, I actually grew up on a, a prison farm. And uh, so I had access all right. to all of the probably about 3,000 acres. So I spent my childhood hunting, fishing, trapping. Um, and uh, I did a lot of conservation work when I was young, too. Um, anyway, uh, after some school and some grad school, yeah. I ended up in Japan and spent 20 years there. And wow. uh, while I was in Japan, around 2010. I happened to be at a nanotechnology expo. And I was as I was walking through, I saw a booth of guys with fishing stuff, then that was Nico. So I was, oh, a, you know, you wouldn't think of associate nanotechnology with fishing. Um, but there they were. And if you've used their product, you can tell it's a pretty good product. And, um, you know, nanotechnology yeah. was part of that in the early days. And, um, I, I saw what they were doing. I love, I, I love their whole mindset, their approach, what their, their philosophy, um, high quality, everything about them was just, uh, really impressed me. So I, uh, I started helping them a little bit on the side while I was in Japan, you know, trying to find them some worldwide customers and do a little bit of market research. Cause th- at that time they hadn't even released their first bait yet. And, oh, wow. um, So they released their first bait in 2011, and um, it was right around in 2011 that the, if you guys remember that big giant earthquake and tsunami in Japan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was in that. And um, that kind of. um, That was terrifying.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: That was was pretty scary. Um, I was in the Marine
2: Corps at that point, and I had a buddy who was in Japan, and I emailed him. I was like, hey, man sounds pretty terrifying over there don't die yeah and uh, yeah (laughs) he didn't so it's okay
4: yeah it it was um it was quite scary you know Um, we're in the second largest earthquake ever recorded and um to see skyscrapers just wobbling like you wouldn't believe man. And and me at the bottom of us. <laughs> yeah, um, so we uh, even run at that point, you know. There's no way to go. You're surrounded by skyscrapers that are swaying. I mean, those skyscrapers are swaying probably at the tops, probably a hundred feet. Oh my god! Uh, oh, I mean, you could see just... you could literally see skyscrapers in the distance go like this, pass each other. Oh wow! Um, so um, oh. after all that turmoil. Um, I decided it was time to come back to the U S and, um, so I brought my family back and, uh, started working with Nico. And at the time we had just released, um, the very first products. Um, I really didn't have anything for the U S market, but I loved the product and, um, really struggled for a long ways, long time to find my way. Um, I, I was never, I had never worked in the fishing industry and, uh, uh, I thought it would, I thought it would be easier than it was. Um, (laughs) <laughs> it's a, yeah, quite a challenging I can, industry to, I, can,
2: you know. I can definitely Attest to that as someone who's I've worked with a couple small companies that are no longer In business uh, And after the first one I told uh, The last guy he did hand Hand painted crank baits and other hard baits And then some plastics I was like this is the one of the hardest businesses Ever to get in and he'd always ask Well why is that? I was like two reasons One the market is saturated B People have been using their same things that their grandpas used and their dads used, right? And they're not very willing to change unless you can prove you have a better product. Yeah, and and you know, yeah. So,
4: yeah. So I, I came back to the U.S., brought my family, started working, uh, trying to find ways to sell the baits. So and I was only working with what I had. And uh, again, I I could you know I could go on the Shenandoah River in Virginia, and I would catch tons of smallmouth on the shrimp the tadpole and the octopus and probably more than I ever did growing up fishing that river but people won't listen to you they won't buy an octopus or a shrimp or a tadpole um, and so they really struggle with sales and finally you just you know even though they catch fish people you, you couldn't get that you couldn't get people to try them and um, that was a real struggle and so we came up with the Hegamite and um, oh, that um, good job. Yeah, that was <laughs> the Still, you know, is still what what puts us on the map, and uh, so we've developed a few baits since then, um, and we're slowly, you know, getting a, getting along and, and, and moving forward. Um, but it's been a tough. It's a, Nico's a small company, and it's um,
6: although I do have
4: you know I, I have some people that help me, but it's you know it's a, it's a quite a lot is on my desk all the time. And um Oh
2: no, I could you know, I it,
4: can it's, imagine. Uh, it's a slow it's a slow but steady process and um so but at Nico we were are very dedicated to making a good product and doing the right thing. And um you know it's it's a higher price product, but we were confident that the value will eventually be known by a wider audience and and yeah. that's that's what I'm here for
2: for sure i'm about it and we'll get into the the price a little bit because i think you explained it to me because we talked a little bit before the show and we'll get into that a little bit later of why it's worth it but i'm gonna go brian introduce yourself i can tell you uh scott one of your number one salesmen is probably (laughs) the free caller himself because i tried nico and i'm i'm not a set in my ways type of guy the second i saw it was made in japan i automatically was like I'm, my foot's in the door now, because <laughs> as, as Sean knows, I'm the JDM Lord in our text ma- or our group. So uh second, I saw that, but man, I mean, you can't go through a creek crawler video on YouTube without seeing a Nico bait put in either <laughs> ridiculous amount of work or catch fish when everyone else is struggling to catch fish. So Brian, introduce yourself. with the people at home who don't know who you are, who you are, and how you got started with Nico.
6: Awesome. Yeah, my name is Brian Slayton. Um, Some of you who are watching or listening may know me as the Creek Crawler on YouTube. Um, Grew up southwest Ohio, huge into fishing, wade fishing, creek fishing in particular, Um, mainly going after smallmouth, but I'm a multi species guy as most river anglers. I think can attest to, you know, Brad catches all the channel catfish for everyone. And
2: every single (laughs) channel catfish in a vicinity or radius of Brad Hicks will be caught on something. It's not supposed to be caught on. I've watched this dude catch more catfish on a jackhammer than I have people who actually fish for catfish. It's ridiculous.
6: Yeah, man. Just, I grew up in Southwest Ohio, fished the, the great Miami river and all its tributaries. And, um, Found this Mite a few years ago, but a little bit of backstory on me. I also served in the military. I was in the U S Navy. Um, I lived in Japan for four years. So, um, the tackle shops in Japan are unbelievable to say the least. Um, oh my God. Yes. They're amazing. Just the, oh just the variety, the innovation and the quality of work that they do over there is just incredible. And when I came back home from the Navy, I was like, you know what, I'm going to step up my YouTube game, start recording some videos. And then like 2017, 2018, I started putting a lot of work in. And I was like, I'm looking for something different because I was really basic. I've, I've kind of grown as an angler these past few years, expanded my horizons and techniques and tactics. But I was like, I need something that these smallmouth just haven't really seen before in Ohio. And I did some research, found this Nico Mite. I was like, wow, this is... And as a fish management and wildlife student, I was like, this makes total sense. And not many people are throwing artificial Um, Yeah, the mite is known to catch the smallmouth live mites. I was like, where's the artificial one? And I found Nico's Mite and com- fell completely head over heels for it. Because I would go out and literally just use a single bait all day and catch 20 plus smallmouth on the same bait. I was like, this is just unreal and I was like I have to start making videos of this because nobody's going to believe me that these things are just so effective so I just started making videos and yeah I might get old on the YouTube channel seeing me throw the Helgramite all the time but it's just a proven killer the leech is a killer we'll get into the Nico baits later on the different presentations but yeah I came from Japan I've experienced I've experienced the earthquakes and I even felt them on the ship on a giant navy vessel out in the middle Pacific, you can feel <laughs> these earthquakes. And I was just like, this place is crazy. I took my wife over there. She lived over there with me the past the last two years of my uh contract there. And uh we were like, yeah, our apartment's shaking. So um let's go back home when <laughs> we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, man, been home, been videoing, doing the YouTube thing the past few years pretty hard as I'm a student at Ohio University and working as well. So I've been pretty busy, but that's where I am today. So
2: awesome, and one thing I'll say before we dive into Nico, this is your first full season in a kayak, correct, Brian?
6: This is my first full season in a kayak. Yes.
2: If you had one tip for new kayak anglers, what would it be?
6: A new tip for kayak anglers.
2: Brand new, like they they've never Brand kayaked new, before. They want to get into on it the, like you on did.
6: Plastic. Um. be safe man i've i've found myself in some situations that if i was an experienced kayak angler i probably would never like learning how to read the water on a kayak especially on a river system um being prepared and doing a lot of research before you do a float because i've taken on some floats that i wasn't familiar with in dark situations and it was like really dangerous and i've been on the edge of like flipping my kayak i haven't i'm not gonna even say it but (laughs) i haven't made a mistake yet yeah
3: exactly i
6: got wood right here but i've been i've been in situations where i needed to not be so fast about it i need to go there do the footwork before i go like go wade the stretch look where the obstructions are the strainers that could tip you over if you're not being careful just reading the water being especially in the river
2: yeah Yeah, I can 100% attest to that. As people who listen to the show know, me and Brad are stupid. We've been doing this for a while, and we still do dumb things. So don't do what we do. Listen to Brian, because that is one of the best tips that I could ever give anybody. Be safe when you go out there. Pay attention. The river is an ever-changing thing. It can look fine until you hit a rock going sideways, Brad, Mm -hmm. and tip your boat. And you lose all your crap.
6: Yeah. yeah, it really Water's is, zero, especially. Much yeah. powerful than you think it is. Even in just a few inches of water, five or six inches, and you go sideways, it has the force to push you over. And it's it can. I've been in some scary situations this year.
4: Yep, I, I was going to oh. add the force of water because I used to be a whitewater kayaker and canoeer, and um, and. Um, you, you really don't, people don't appreciate the power of yeah. blowing yeah. water until
2: they don't respect it Right until you're in it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah I was exactly. about to say, there was a, a video posted in the bonafide, uh, owners group. And it was a guy taking an SS one Oh seven down some class threes. And I, I commented, I was like, dude, that's really cool that I know it can do that. I'm not going to do that. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm happy it can. I just, I, I've been doing this for a couple years now. Uh, I know Brad's been doing it for a long way longer than I have, uh, at least t- double the time. And I, I mean, we've gone down some sketchy stretches where we probably shouldn't have and we should have looked at it a little bit better. But man, that was like watching that video gave me anxiety. Yeah. Because you're on a sit on top kayak where your center of gravity is super high. And he, the dude, just going right through like it was nothing. I was like, dude, that's
6: awesome. I'm not. That's stupid though. I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> I made that mistake fishing the Hobie BOS on the Susquehanna. I fished um, the Juniata River, and I've never been on there before. And I was coming back from my practice, and I hit like I was looking forward, and I was like going pretty fast. I was like, okay, I don't remember this, but like I could see past the boulder, and the, the water wasn't connecting there. And I was like, it was too late. And I hit this boulder and the water pushed me sideways and I was like leaning over like this, this, these large like stone pillars are in the, it's, it's a pretty unique um, ecosystem, but I was like leaning over and I don't know how it didn't happen, but I didn't tip my kayak kicked the bottom and I kind of like pushed myself off the rock and it was just, it was a crazy situation. It's sketchy.
2: I mean, Dude. it's like the whole the whole day changes immediately for 20 <laughs> seconds while you're, and it seems like you're there for two hours, like trying to figure yeah. out like, well, like I, two weeks ago I was out and I got stuck on a rock and I positioned myself. I lucked out in the P127 got a rock up in between my rockers so I wouldn't move. And I was yeah. like, all right. I'm just going to keep fishing and assume everything's going to be okay. And and Brad goes by me. He's like, you good? I was like, I can't move, man, but I'll be fine. And then I finally was like, well, bending branches paddler or paddle angler pro $300. I'm going to break you today and just push myself off, gouge my paddle. I was butthurt. But okay. So everyone's used to the rabbit holes, but we're going down a deep one now. So (laughs) we're going to get into Nico Bates. Um, Scott Scott, as the Main Nico guy, where do you want to start? No, oh, wow. What
4: I guess. Um, I guess we'll start with uh, I guess just just maybe a, a second second or two on the company, and then the plastic, because uh, what makes that unique, and then um, then you'll see how it performs in the baits. Um. Yeah, it works great. I'm about it. Hey, well, first of all, Nico's uh, Nico has a history of about fifty or sixty years, uh, in, in business. Um, they're a small company in, in the Tokyo area, and um, they are periodically ranked. I'm in, in the top 50 of Japan, I think, as far as a small company to work for. And, um, oh wow,
2: that's that's awesome!
4: So the um, the company's name actually means daily happiness, and that's so cool. the company's philosophy that. is that is that the, you you have to bring value and happiness to people, and by 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 people recognizing that they'll buy your product or service and you'll make the world a better place. And so um, Nico's worked with um, plastics for 50 or 60 years. And uh, this particular plastic that they use, they have worked with for about 50 or 60 years Um, in around 20 years ago, 20 around 2000, they started um, uh, looking at ways to make a more environmentally friendly soft plastic and using their plastics. And um, because at the time, uh, the, the the typical baits, the plastisol baits that we most people will use contain, well, the plastisol acts as an environmental hormone. It, it disrupts um, all of the communication within your body. It causes all kinds of issues, um, mental cognizance issues. It causes high blood pressure. It causes, at, at a high enough level, it will cause gender dysphoria um it causes um lack of development especially for men um, and boys
2: i'm getting Uh, a lecture i didn't know any of this like i knew it wasn't great but i didn't know if if you burn
4: it you get dioxin you can't recycle it and so the plastisol baits there's are they're they're sporadically banned in various watersheds around the world and they're banned in some watersheds in japan and that was the impetus for um, the proposal in Maine to ban soft plastics and fishing probably about seven or eight years ago. It was because of these toxins. So Nico's plastic is a medical food grade plastic. It is completely harmless. You could eat it. You could smoke it. You could do anything with it. And it's not going to cause any harm to anything at any time. Um, I'm going to eat a bait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, well, you may choke on it. So the, I was gonna that's going to say, because <laughs> you don't need it. You know, but, um you know, not guaranteed against choking, but um, <laughs> they, uh, the, uh, so even the, the 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 scents and the and the colors in there, the dyes are also food grade material. Um, the, these baits will also; they're made out of a, a polymer a plastic that nat- that microbes will break down over time. And also, UV will break them down over time. And when they break down, they don't break down into microplastics. They break down into, like, ammonia, carbon dioxide, and water. So they truly do break down. It just takes a long time, but they do harmlessly break down. And while they're in the environment, um, we've all seen fish that have swollen or hard soft plastics that they've ingested. A necoplastic will never become hard. It will always remain soft. And so animals that ingest them can either disgorge them or pass them or if it doesn't um, pass one way or the other it remains soft within the animal and in case of a fish if it's not it it remains soft so the fish can still swim and still catch prey can still escape predators so it's a swallow safe plastic so there's that's one reason why we call it right behind me the the next generation of soft baits because Nico is really a pioneer in this, and it took him a long time, and it, and this plastic is made at a level. Um, it's a very difficult, very finicky, high-tech plastic to work with, and if you've handled Nico products, you'll you'll probably realize that they do feel different, they perform differently, um, and that's why Nico is the private label manufacturer for some very very large, well-known companies. You know. If, oh wow. Um. You know, if you think of name, name two big giant Japanese companies in there. <laughs> <laughs> two of them, and then um, and then there's two more here in the U.S. that, um, that do very well. You know, there's um, yeah. You know, I'm normally not allowed to mention them to too much detail, but um, it, it is, those we companies understand. can go anywhere <laughs> in the world for their product. But they but these are very well known companies. They trust their brand. Their brand is entrusted to Nico um, because Nico does. Perform at a different level, um, so that's the history of Nico. So Nico, you know, released their first baits I think in 2010 in Japan, um, uh, about a year before the earthquake hit, and um, uh, and since then, you know, since 2011, I came to the U.S. I really didn't know anything about the fishing industry. Um, my first interaction with the fish, fishing industry was very negative. Um, I had a lot of people. Um, steer me in the wrong direction down dead ends and um try to prevent a another company from coming in um and uh, so i just kind of uh withdrew for a while i just kind of like a turtle you pulled my head back in under the shell and i just started decided to start locally so i just kind of helped some guys with some local bass tournaments and um i uh, i i did I went to Trout Unlimited shows because we have little bug baits, too. We had those at the time. Um, in fact, our stonefly was the very first bait we ever had. Um, and the trout guys were really enthusiastic about the environmental aspects of the baits. And they're pretty smart fellows. And they gave me a lot of advice and helped me move on to the next step. And that was the and, um And then uh, yeah. that kind of really got us going.
2: So I have a quick question. Just to go off what you just said, what did Nico? Because you said they've been around for about fifty years. What did they? What business did they start in before they got into the fishing industry?
4: So they were in um, the original business a long, long time ago. Is they were they made a lot of specialty packaging materials because um, they're a small company. You know, you know, you know they would make um, say back in the sixties. You know, Japan was still exporting electronics a lot. Um, and so a lot, so, and you, when you package a lot of electronics, you need, you know, little, you know, precise detailed pieces yeah. of plastic. And, and then sometimes the plastic needs to be a certain kind of plastic. And so that's what Nico. that's how Nico got started. And uh, now they, now they do uh, several things. They have a cosmetics line where they do private label cosmetics. Um, they do, they even make little tiny lineal motors for, um, or they, I think they assemble them for uh, like hobbyists. That's these little spray painting, like when. Oh, that's cool! Oh actually,
2: yeah, I didn't know that. Actually, that's awesome.
4: Uh, uh, they actually sell paint that, that for the hobbyists that paint their lures, um, and they do a couple other things. Um, they, they, there's anything that's kind of um, niche, kind of like a little bit of niche, um, a little bit of know-how, something that takes a little bit of an eye. I know they have a couple of healthcare products, um, but you know, but the, the soft bait business has become one of their main pillars and, um, you know, they've clearly, I think in my mind, and I think in a lot of people's mind that they, they've excelled at that, like nobody else. And, um, yes, so I that's, agree. that's one thing that, you know, they continually are always trying to. Find.
2: For sure. For sure. So we can get in. So we got the history. I think we should get right into the Mike because that's, okay. uh that's i think your most known bait um yes we'll get into the history a little bit and then i want so i haven't thrown the Mite yet so i'm gonna completely take myself out of the equation and i'm gonna get uh sean's way he rigs it and then i want to because i saw a picture on your website somebody's wacky rigging it so i want to figure out if somebody's done that and if they have explain it and then i want to see how brian rigs it so let's get on the the Mite. that like you said that was your kind of your big not necessarily big break, but the one that everyone's known about here in the U.S. So let's talk about that a little bit. All
4: right, um, do you guys want to go to me or? Um,
2: oh yeah, you know okay, more about so, the history of it. Than...
4: Oh well, the, well the history of it was basically the Trout Unlimited guys said, hey, you know what? No one's ever made a good mite. You should do that with this material. And uh, sure enough, I mean, you know, I grew up fishing, um, and I there were plastic mites when I was young. You know, in the seventies, we had plastic mites. And so I went, looked at the market again, and I realized, that, you know, you're right. I didn't really see anything that was that really turned me on to a plastic Helgramite. So we, we decided to make one that uh, would be number one in its category. And, um, yep, there it is. So the, the Helgramite, there you go. It's uh, People don't realize there's actually two species of Helgramites in the east. Um, there's a separate species out in uh, Texas, and there's one in California in the Sierras. Uh, Japan's got them, and Europe's got them as well. And, um,
2: oh, okay. I didn't know that.
4: So the, this Helgramite is kind of about 90% the normal eastern Dobson fly that everybody knows. And I took about 10% from the lesser-known uh, Helgramite um, and just kind of tweaked it a little bit. And So it's a three-inch bait. And uh, you can see it there. It's pretty detailed. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it floats. It's it's super durable, and it, uh, it it does the job. So there's almost for rigging, and fishing. Um, I, you know, this sounds kind of weird to say it, but there's almost no wrong way to fish it. Um, there's almost no wrong way to rig it. It's it's a bait that just gets fish on, and fish find it. Fish will just find it. Um, I personally um, Texas rig it most of the time. Um, I used to. Uh, I think most of my customers probably Ned rig it, um, but I, I Texas rig it where I fish. Um, number one, I've been very unhappy with the Ned rigs that were on the market, certainly in the early days. Um, this bait will outlast the. This bait will outlast many Ned rigs, and certainly in the early days, the cheaper ones, uh, even by the name brand. Um, so I got very frustrated with that and um so I, what i do is i just texas rig it with a uh with a gamakatsu g-lock hook uh wonot it's a perfect i think it's a very harmonious fit for this bait um, and i can use it you know almost the same way i mean it floats and uh, it doesn't get snagged as much and it's very versatile and if you use nico baits because i'm using them all the time um i can i, I hope can take so that, <laughs> I, yeah well, I do, I do play around with other people's stuff sometimes, um, but I, I, you know, I can take that mite off and put on a leech, I can put on an octopus. I can put on a shrimp, um, I can put on squid strips, I could put on other bait, the tadpoles, all of those on the same rig, and so I don't have to spend time free time. um, and I can, I can get a lot more efficient time in, it's a lot more fun, and it's, um, you know, I want customers to realize that too, if they, you know, there's... these these baits are pretty interchangeably as far as rigging um but that's kind of the basic style you know a lot of people get more fancy um i'll i'll put them on jig heads and uh, lately i've been fishing top water a lot um so you know where i'm fishing in the shenandoah the water's clear it's low it's got a lot of grass in it and you can't drag stuff underwater very much without getting grass all over it so um you know i just throw top water and just been killing it lately with that um well, several of the baits off these top water, but the Helger you know, really, really shines.
2: Yeah. See, I would have never even thought to rig that for a top water lure. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: I've... Super effective.
2: Yep. Mm.
4: <laughs> They're not shy about uh, wanting that Helgramite.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I mean, I've, I've got a couple packs of them. Um, and just looking at them, like they just look it's very pleasing to the eye because there's a ton of detail in them. They're just like, you know, it's a super plastic. So you can tell they're super durable. Um, Me and Brad were talking when we started, we really put knuckles to the ground, started using them Saturday. That's all we used. And he made the comment of in your hand, because obviously we've we've had other elastoplastics or super plastic companies on here and we've used their baits. but in the hand, it feels like a a I a heavier, or thicker, like right. just a more. I I don't want to necessarily say superior, but it, I mean, kind of felt it just feels like a better version of what's out because the it just feels better. It feels yeah. more durable. Um, yeah,
4: there's a reason for that. So, elastomer type plastics. There's there's a lot of varieties out there. Um, I think most people probably start with the same base plastic as Nico. Um, But the thing is, with elastomers, um, it's very difficult to get uh, all the properties that you want. There's like a sweet spot. It's like a golf club or a baseball bat. Uh, There's a sweet spot in there. And it's very difficult to do, to manufacture. Um, And so every time you do something, every time you make a change, a lot of times you'll lose something else. And um, if you go in one direction here, you'll lose something over here. And... Really, nobody except Nico's been able to maintain this high level, this finicky plastic, and maintain this properties like that. So it's a very, it's a pure product. It's, um, I mean, it has stuff in That's, it, but it's, yeah, it's the, a more
2: the, pure product, unadulterated. Um, the word "pure" explains it perfect because it feels like it's just exactly what it's. How you see all the advertisements, and you see everyone who catches all these fish on, you know, forty-seven fish on the same bait. And then, but when you have this in your hand, it feels pure as the, as the greatest adjective I could think of
5: because
2: yeah. uh, it, it feels like that. It feels like it's, this is what it's supposed to be.
5: Yeah.
4: And, and to do all those things, it's not cheap. It's not easy. Um, yeah. and it also puts limits on your equipment, um, your machinery that you use. And so there's cheaper elastomers out there, but they've all made compromises one way or another to get the price down. Um, you'll you, you'll lose something, and um, and it may be a good trade off, may not be. But but Nico decided to to remain the pure. You know, I guess if you're cars, you know the, the Lexus. I guess you know of of the of the group. Um, but yeah, that's 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 kind of why it's a little bit different.
2: Oh, for sure. So, Brian, we'll start with you. Because I know yeah. the, the reason that I'm going to start, how I'm going to start rigging the mites is because of videos. Because you you seem like you rig them the same way almost every time, and they never get snagged, and you catch fish on them. So explain how you rig it for the people at home, yeah. and what you use, and what jig head you use. Because so I had to
6: go to three dick Sporting Goods to freaking find them. <laughs> so, yeah, so this is my basic presentation right here. Let me get on the screen. It's, it's a weedless presentation. This jig head right here is the VMC rugby jig head. This is a heavier one, but this is what it looks like rugby jig head. And I've kind of narrowed my, cause I've been using these for about three years now and um, I've kind of narrowed it down through trial and error because as Scott mentioned, these, these baits, they do have a price to them, but they're going to last forever if you rig them properly, I know. I think you were rigging them just with a standard jig head. Was that was that right, Matt? How you guys were rigging uh, the leeches?
2: For the leeches, we were throwing them on uh, just a net head, so the hook yeah. was exposed, and we yeah. were just doing a standard Ned. Um, yeah, which worked, so- but Brad did lose one because it's a net head with an exposed hook, and that's what you asked me when we started talking about doing Nico for the show. You said, "Hey, did you lose any?" And I was like, "I mean, I got a snag, but..." Yeah. i've learned to get net heads unsnagged
6: like and that's and that's a privilege we have as kayak anglers is going out someone fishing from the bank necessarily if they're fishing and they don't want to lose their baits i always i've come to this just a little weedless presentation i get good hook sets there's a huge gap in between there for that when that fish bites it you got all that hook exposed right there and this is just what i've come on just these little football heads i like to fish rocky structure so these little football heads bounce around perfectly for that and you're able to drift these through riffles and stuff like that. And that's one of my most effective ways is casting it up a riffle and letting it drift down into the deeper holes. And the, yeah, that's that's what I've rigged them on. That's what I rig all my plastics on. I even have the Nico Ned here on the same rugby jig head. And that's a cool awesome presentation too. This is the Lunar Ned. It's like a core shot. It's got like a blue and glitter in the middle and yeah, it's that's... got like a clear
2: that's dope. See, oh. now I need to get some of those because that looks sick. Uh, hey,
6: and by the way, I'm getting Vance Outdoors to bring these to Ohio. So,
2: Well, there you go. So that's where I bought mine. Um, yeah. If you're in the Ohio area, Vance Outdoors, if there's one near you, um, they had a Heber whole and section of them. Hebron
6: Obets in Lebanon will be the stores that'll carry, that carry most yep. of the Nikko products that I've got here yet.
2: Yeah. So, and I went to Lebanon, I got mine. Um, and normally me and Brad like to not, dip into techniques of too hard because that would be taking away from Sean.
3: Oh, good, because man. Because
2: he's the technique <laughs> show, But Since he's here, I'm yeah, going to well, cheat and we're going to do it. it. So yeah. before we get to Sean, what – because you throw – a lot of guys like myself, I hate throwing a Ned Rig on an EWG because I use a medium light, and I'm afraid I'm not going to have the backbone. And if I do have the backbone, I'm going to break it, which – I forgot what rod I'm throwing half the time and I end up setting the hook like I'm Texas rigging with a crankbait, which is, I have two broke rods for that reason. But what type of rod, like what power are you using for like the head? Are you using a medium light? Or are you using a medium? Are
6: you asking me or Sean? I'm asking you and then we'll get into Sean. Oh, so I typically go with a 610 medium extra fast. Okay, um, It's the Evergreen Combat Stick is what I've been using. Um, it's an excellent little rod to throw little finesse techniques on um it's got the backbone it's got the sensitive tip so when i'm dr- when i'm when i'm drifting that Mite, i can feel that my rod tip literally goes dink dink dink, and all of a sudden a small mouth it's like bing <laughs> like, it's a really <laughs> awesome it's an awesome setup and i've kind of settled on that 610 medium extra fast for my rod okay and for the reel i'll go with the 2500 Daiwakage with 10 pound braid i like the braid i use the braid I've been using that a lot these past couple years that I've been introduced to it. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm kind of a noob at fishing. Uh, I've done it a lot, but I never really expanded my horizons as to all this technique that we could use. What is that?
2: <laughs> the best braid you'll ever use 12 pound Sunline X plaza X plasma. Okay. And it's fantastic. I back everything on that. Now, uh, super sensitive, slick, cast, great, I
6: I'll have to look <laughs> into that, but yeah, I'll use the 10 pound braid to 10 pound fluorocarbon for my setup to that rugby cool. jig head and the Helger Mike.
2: Dope. Sean, technique master, bass <laughs> fishing from noobs. Um, uh,
3: I remember when I first started fishing the river and uh, I, I was, you know, struggling and uh, there's an old guy at the shore and he's like, Oh, you got to get you some Helger mites. And I'm like, Helga, what? <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, being the, uh, you know, noob that I was, I went on Google and searched for Helgramites and that is actually how I found the Necro Helgramite. I, uh, ordered my first pack of them and, um, uh, started out with kind of the poor man's version of the rugby head. It was, uh, I just used a regular EWG, uh, hook with, uh, a little like one sixteenth ounce weight, um, pegged on the front of it. And, um, that's how I fished it for the longest time. Um, and then when I started uh, getting into some netheads, I switched to the nethead. head. Um, didn't like it as much because of the exposed hook, but then I found a local company, a guy to me, uh, local to me um, uh, named, he, he goes by the name Ken's Jigs. I'm not sure, but he does a, a weedless Ned rig that I've fallen in love with uh head. And um, so that's what I fish them on now. Um, I do have um, another one, another head that I'm going to show you guys later when we talk about the leeches that I absolutely love. Um, I haven't thrown it on the the uh, Helgramite yet just because I it works so well with the leech that uh, that's kind of my go-to now. But uh, um, I'll, we'll hit that a little bit later. But, yeah, so my main, uh, I, like I said, I, I text, Texas rigged it with a little 16-ounce peg weight, uh, like a bullet weight at first. But now I'm pretty much on those EWG net heads. And um, either one sixteenth, or if I need a little bit weight, if the current's booking a little bit more, than I bump up to an eighth. Um, oh yeah. And I throw that on a Saint Croix uh, medium light extra fast tip. Um, I think it's a Mojo Yak, um, and um, that's the the rod I use for that. And I've caught uh, you know t- nineteen, twenty inch smallies on it, so it it, it, it handles them.
6: And, Sean, what uh, river system do you
3: fish? Susquehanna. I live about oh, 15 minutes yeah. away. So I also oh, fished oh. the Hobie BOS, but we won't talk about that because I did terrible.
6: <laughs> hey, I didn't do too good either, but I, I was I was proud of myself.
3: Yeah, I was. it was my first major event, so I was happy just to go do it.
2: So
6: Yeah, it was an awesome yeah. experience.
2: Believe me, uh, Brian, don't worry. Before the show, I told Sean how it's I'm always jealous because they'll post pictures and I'll talk I'll, like me and Brad will be out and they'll post on Saturdays when we're out. And I was like, man, it's not fair. Cause he's right on the Susky. Like the GMR is nice. I'm not going to do- doubt yeah. GMR this year. I haven't been a fan of her, but that's okay. Uh, but I was like, man, he's at the Susky. Like, it's like cheating at that point. You know, yeah. it just, just is, but I am, I'm am anyway. blessed to live here. Um, yeah.
3: I, I won't, I won't deny it, but. <laughs> it's awesome.
2: But yeah, so. Uh, I like both ways, and that's how I'm going to primarily rig that is going to be with that, that rugby jig head. Um, typically, or basically, I've, I've got to the point from throwing a couple jigs completely weedless. Jig Masters, I keep talking about them, but they make a finesse jig that, which Sean, I know you're familiar with it. They make a finesse jig that has a screw lock, you put it in there, um, and I can run all my plastics weedless with the finesse jig. So, I've come to where if I can weedless something, I will always do it because I'll watch Brad or somebody else I'm fishing with get hung up with a jig they're throwing or something. And I just, I just keep going. I don't have to worry about it. And one of the, it was an old, it was a video from the eighties. Somebody's talking about the only way you're going to catch the best fish is thrown into the nastiest crap you can find, which is true. And I've caught plenty of fish this year thrown into like trees and everything with the weedless setup. So I'm excited to try that out. Uh, I'm going to, I want to move right into the leech mostly because I have a good bit, like a couple months experience with it now. And it's become like one of my favorite baits I've ever thrown. <laughs> so Scott kind of talk about, you know, you talked about the Helgarite when it came out, talk about the leech, how you guys came to do the leech. Um,
4: and yeah. Like so that. the leech, um, we were just, you know, after the Helgarite, you know, you know, we needed to do something else. We can't be a one trick pony, you know? So um, we, we, Thought we wanted to do something, uh, maybe a drop shot bait, and um, so that was our original thought. And uh, we started with like a four-inch worm, and then uh, I, I don't quite—I don't quite remember how we got on the leech. But um, I got on the leech. I looked around, and I, I saw that I wasn't too impressed with the other leeches, and I thought, well, this kind of reminds me of the helgramite. Um, so I, I think we—I think there's plenty of room there to make a superior product in this category. <laughs> And, um, so we, you know, we designed the leech and if you've noticed the leech is actually a slightly softer plastic than the helgermites. Um, I did
2: notice that when I got them. I whenever I get something new, I always, I, I'm like a kid on Christmas. Like I'll rip the box open and I'll throw the paper. And now I've got better to where I like try to hide the paper. So my wife yeah. doesn't see what I'm buying. Yeah.
5: And, uh,
2: <laughs> I pulled the Helgermite out and I was playing with it and I had the leech and I'd noticed, I was like, well, this leech, it has, it seems like it's softer. But still, I mean, the quality's still there. It just seems like it's a softer yes. plastic.
4: Yeah. So um, on, the, on the leech, um, you know, it's got all those little fine ribs. It's got a kind of that profile. Um, you see little segments in there. So, you know, it comes in at uh, uh, 3.8 inches. And so, you know, you can, so those segments are in there. So if you want to chop it down to three or something else, you know, you can, there's little markers there for you to do that. It provides a little bit of extra presence in the water, and you know, as far as the vibrations go, um, But also it's an aid in rigging. If you rig their leech a lot, you know sometimes it you know, helps you place the hook a little better. Sometimes, um, you know, it's super stretchy. It floats. You know, scented. It's um, it, it's just a, it's just a real, real nice product. And um, you know, I spent even though it's a very simple looking product, I did do a lot of research into um, profiles of what you know what leeches might be in nature so you know the some of the the dimensions on there are all are all specifically calculated it's not just um throwing up a shape and um the profile it's you notice it's not a it's not real flat it it has enough meat to it that you can ned rig it as well so it's a very versatile base i know people have used it for trailers um, on Ned's drop shot, Texas rig, um, top water, you know, you can, uh, you can use it in a many, many different ways. It's a very versatile. bait. um,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm oh, quite pleased sure. with it. Uh, I, I could say that we all are too. Um, the, what I loved about the leech and it's almost every color and I can show everybody why we were looking at this. Almost every color has a, the, the tail is just a tad bit different in color for most of them. Um, oh. For some of them, yes. Yes, for some of them. Yeah. I mean you have your straight, you know, your straight shots. Um which you have a morning dawn, which I just love morning dawn. It's like the best oh. color I've ever imagined <laughs> in that bait. Um yes. but what I love about it is especially I've been throwing the eclipse a lot and uh, I didn't I haven't busted the magma out what we just saw and what Brian's showing to the camera. It looks yep. so good and it's a oh, limited, man. it says it's a limited release, so I'm afraid like I'm never going to get it again. Uh, <laughs> but what's awesome as I was throwing it and I, I like to do a tank test in my bathtub when I get stuff and it's so cool. And I did it in the river too. And I was actually doing it today. Just, I was just watching the bait because the water was shallow enough to where I could see it, but it had enough depth and stuff cover around it to where when that stands straight up, it has a little bit of flow on it and that it's almost like a, a an angler fish deep down in, in the ocean to where it's pitch black, but you see this little light
6: Yeah, and it's like finding Nemo and
2: you go, Dory goes up to it and then gets scared because it's an anglerfish. which if you've ever seen those, a, they get way bigger than the movie. Terrifying. And B, they're terrifying. Like they're <laughs> like stupid, but uh, I actually had, when it was going, I had a, a little small mouth. Like he may have been six inches. Like he was super, like I wouldn't even, if he got it, I would let him let it go, but he was short striking the tail and he was just hitting that, just that tail. Um, so I love that because it gives it just a little bit something, a little presentation, a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and I've been throwing it on a Ned rig, and like you said, it's flat enough to where the current will move it a lot, but it's got meat enough to where you could slide it up on the hook, and it's not wanting to move around, it's not wanting to pop right. out the sides. It's perfect for it, um, yeah. and it's it's easily my new go to Ned hook or Ned bait for the simple fact that it looks awesome, it rigs great, and the presentation is just killer.
4: Yeah, and you mentioned that action. If you actually you know take a look at the side profile of it, it, it's it's a little, you probably don't see other similar style baits with that exact profile from the side, the way the tail is, yeah. tapers. Uh, and, uh, Sean,
2: you want to throw yours up so we can show people? And, yeah, um, if you can see it. It's going to be hard to see. Sideways.
4: Um, yeah. So a lot of that, oh, you got the uh, that limited release. Yep. <laughs> Very <laughs> yeah, good. <that> <laughs> That's a that's a wonderful color for me. Black aurora, yeah. It's, yes, it's my one of my absolutely favorites. Yes, um, but when I was working on that, you know, there's again there's some various formulas and and dimensions that you can go that you can get in nature with natural leeches that will more likely s- simulate a natural motion of a leech, and that was the intention behind that. Now. Whether that actually happens or not, you know, it's hard to tell, but that was the intention and there's some science behind that. To, and, to to
6: build that. Off, and to build off what Scott was saying, a lot of people don't realize this, but I worked in fisheries the past three years. I work for a different agency now, but we would sample river smallmouth, creek smallmouth. And something they were eating that a lot of people don't know are lampreys. People don't think we have lampreys in our river hmm. systems. And we have little lampreys. They're about four to five inches long. They're called East Brook lampreys. And the Nico leech absolutely looks the profile of a, if you look up a, a lamprey, East Brook lamprey, I believe they're called. But we would find these smallmouth and their bellies would be full of lampreys. They were eating lampreys. Hmm. And this leech, indirectly, yeah, it mimics a leech, but it also mimics a lamprey that is scurrying along the bottom and smallmouth absolutely crush lampreys. Yeah. It's crazy. And I realized this a couple years ago, I was like, what are all these things in their bellies? And, my, and the biologist I was working with, he's like, they're brook lampreys. They make migrations like in like uh, spawning migrations up and down. Cause they live in the soil and then they'll come out to spawn. And it was, it's crazy because this leech like identical as the profile on the yeah. side. Um,
2: so yeah this is like the worst picture of one that i can find but it's i don't a know lamp, if right.
3: you can see the yellow one yeah um better yeah uh, but that yeah they definitely the side profile is pretty cool
4: yeah i mean it's just different um and there was a there was there was some thought put into that and i think it's yeah. not okay um so i one thing i do want to mention is when i go fishing um I, I usually, for smallmouth, I'm usually wet wading in the Shenandoah, and I, I, usually tie a, I usually tie the canoe to me, and I walk around towing the canoe. And in the canoe, I have <laughs> about seven or eight rods rigged up in all different ways that I play around and experiment, because I'm always experimenting. And, um, but one thing I noticed is certainly when there's big fish around, I absolutely have the algermite and the leech tied up, because if I miss a fish on the Helgramite, I can go right back with the Leech, and re- you don't have to wait long, and uh, that fish will, that you can get that fish on the Leech or vice versa. And um, and for the, certainly for the through the spring and the summer the Leech, you know I was I was going basically one for one with the Helgramite as far as performance goes. Um, yeah, so I could.
2: Uh, a lot of people don't know that and they don't realize it. They think they miss a fish and the fish is just gone. Smallmouth and Brian, you actually have a video that shows it great when you're getting the underwater footage of it and you're throwing the leech. Um, but you'll see, you'll throw it in. That smallmouth will run completely away, and then you just count down. You can count it down by twenty or ten, and that you can see it in the corner of the video. Smallmouth just comes up and he's looking at it, and then he'll go away, and then he'll come back. And I tell people all the time, if you're throwing a bait in there and you get hit, and Brad actually explained this to me a couple of years ago, you throw a bait in there, you get hit on it. Fall it right up with a finesse bait uh-huh. and uh, what's so good about the leeches and the which I didn't know we had lampreys, which is dope uh, <laughs> but what's what's so cool about the leeches and the uh, helgermite is they're two completely different presentations but they're natural presentations so when you throw it in there they're used to seeing it so oh you missed on the leech you throw the helgermite in they don't have anything it's not like you're throwing you know a jackhammer and there's like they're like ah oh, yeah that it looks like nothing I eat. Uh, <laughs> but you throw a Helgramite in be like, okay, well, the last thing was weird and it stung me, but I, they come back. I know what that is. I eat them all the time. And then they hit it mm-hmm. and you're right back on. So that's, that's a great tip that a lot of people don't realize. If you miss yeah. the first time, throw back in with something smaller or something different.
6: And, and a lot of things, a lot of, I tell a lot of people is let this bait sell itself. Don't overwork it. You can let the current be your friend with the leech and the Helgramite. Yeah, the Helgramite, all these little appendages, if you watch it in the current, all these little appendages wave back and forth in the current. And letting that that Helgramite just sit there on the bottom and just wave like that, it's just irresistible. And I tell people, I'll say, cast out there and just let it sit there. It's like almost like you're using live bait. Like you can literally sit there, just let it sit there. I've done it before a million, I've done it thousands of times now. Where I just let it sit there in a hole where I know there's a fish. It's just the matter of the fish coming around to see it. So once it sees it, just sitting there, just so it's just so natural, it'll pick it up, and you can sit there, watch your line jump, and then just start going downstream. It's, it's truly it's incredible the action and just having people to slow down with their presentation. You don't really have to work it that hard.
3: And one thing with Smallmouth, especially, is a lot of times they the, the first strike they do is to stun. So when you yeah. follow it up with something finesse, that's what you're doing. They're, you're, they're thinking, oh, all right, I nailed that thing, and now here it comes floating back down slow you know, and that's when they, you know, chomp it and eat it the rest of the way, you know, so definitely I think that's a great tip of following up with, uh, if you miss a strike on something moving or um, definitely follow up with uh, something.
6: Especially if you're, uh, if you're topwater fishing with a popper or something Mm -hmm. and miss a blow up, reel it in and throw the miter or the leech or the crawl or something on the bottom, and typically, I've done it before, throw the neds actually too, and you'll pick that fish up, especially if you missed him and didn't get no hooks in him.
2: Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a, it's a, it's a technique and a a tip a lot of people I think should utilize. Um, so Brian, do you rig the leech pretty much the same way as you rig the Mite with that? Yeah. The, um, the,
6: the little EWGs, um, I've tried, I've dabbled with the drop shot because I don't really drop shot a lot and I want to learn how to use that in a river system because I've heard it's very effective. Um, can, but yeah, I just I just run the same, annoying. yeah, I, <laughs> I run that same, just little EWG style on the leech um, because I'm fishing, like you mentioned earlier, I'm trying to fish in the nastiest stuff and I don't want to, I don't like to lose my baits, period. I don't, I don't care what I'm using, I like to get it back and make it last as long as possible and get my, get my value out of it. So the EWGs have shifted over and I've seen a huge decrease in uh, losing baits. So the same, awesome. the same style, the same same way.
2: Okay. I know Sean, you said you had a, a jig head that you wanted to. Oh yeah. Um, so um, when I, I, actually found
3: this jig head through I uh, got another uh, YouTuber. Uh, he's uh, I think he goes by angler anchor is uh his name is Vincent. Stutter. Okay. Vincent uh, yeah. 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 And um, he actually is the first one I saw use it. So this is um, North branch tackles sled head jig. Um, you can see um, the way it connects to the leech is this tiny little needle. It's like a barred needle, so huh. it it it, um, it doesn't have a screw lock. Which everybody who does uh, these uh, these crazy plastics knows, screw locks don't always play well with them. This needle threads like perfectly, and it holds it. And then on the other end, it's it's belly weighted, and uh, then just a single hook on the back. So and you can uh, weed uh, rig it weedless. Just uh, you know, expose the yeah the hook a bit a little bit. And I'm t- I'm telling you, I throw this in the Susquehanna, which is like snag city, and um, I've had the same one tied onto my rod now for two weeks. Uh, I've caught like twenty or thirty fish on it, and um, I just don't lose them. Um, wow, so, that's
6: that's a unique. I like it. it's like it's like a sled body or something.
3: Yeah, so uh, Ryan yeah. at uh, North Branch Tackle, he's a, a small guy, a small shop. Um, I think he's Facebook only. If uh, that's where I order from. Uh, from him. But uh, yeah, uh, this thing works amazing. Um, Vincent sold me on it and uh, um, Ryan's been uh, gracious enough. I gave him a quick shout out tonight. I said, Hey, I'm going to mention you on the show. I hope it doesn't uh, flood you with orders, but uh, <laughs> no, we Jeff, hope
2: it, we hope it does flood him with orders. I, know, yeah, I, know. I just,
3: yeah. I, did, I didn't want to overwhelm the poor guy. So, Cause I'd
6: love to try him to be honest. Yeah. I uh,
4: like that. I, I want to just add something about the Ryan's uh, uh, North branch tackles, those little sled heads. Um, one thing it does is it allows for another presentation for Nico because Nico is a floating material and those sleds will actually hold the bait down horizontal on the bottom. And, and so that adds another dimension to the, your presentation. Right. Um, yeah, and, for sure. And the,
3: and the tail goes right past the hook. So the tail is free to kind of yeah. wiggle and float and everything.
4: It's yeah. like almost the perfect uh, perfect jig for it. So. And, and, and I, I would also second your opinion that there that's a very nice setup and I use them myself. Okay, cool.
2: Well, that's <laughs> how you know everybody. The Nico man himself uses them for the Nico plastics. I know I was, uh, I posted about, you know, that he was in the Nico. That's when Sean commented on it. I was like, yeah, I just, uh, the crawls, which I want to kind of get into next because that's, that's, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just, I'm super pumped because I have those two and it's amazing, but we'll get into that. But I was trying to thread th- or thread that onto, uh, jig and i was like man it's i forgot my lighter because you know an easy way to get super plastic onto a, a threaded uh twist lock is you heat up the twist lock yeah. and then it kind of melts in the elastic two great things about that one that bait will never come off again like you're losing the jig before it'll come off <laughs> the right. bad thing with it is i always forget my lighter so i can't ever do it <laughs> so as someone who i mean i smoked for you, tell years, me you can't Corps. find your
6: lighters on the bank of the great miami river <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right. So we're so not going to go into just that. Don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's some things that, cause there's stuff right next to the lighter that you could get some contamination yeah. in the vicinity of, uh, but yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, it's dangerous here on the banks. Don't bank fish certain parts of the GMR, or you're going to go to the hospital for an infection anyway. Uh, weird. But he posted that and I was, and I, I think my comment back to him was like all caps. That's genius because it's it takes the the work of having to light up the thing and then zipping it on it just threads right in locks in place and like Scott said it's a whole different type of presentation now because it puts it par, or horizontal parallel with the bottom so it's kind of sitting up off the bottom yeah um, yeah that's awesome I'm definitely gonna buy a ton of those for reasons but uh <laughs> but yeah do we have anything we want to add about the leech I love the leech I think it's freaking amazing. I mean, I think the colors are amazing too. Like he said, you know,
3: there's there's a couple of limited edition, but I mean, I like I've I, you know, on look the at that. Just look at the
2: stretch. Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing.
3: The, on the like Susquehanna, that's, the the chartreuse uh, I, I use when it's um, when I can sight fish because um, all I got to do is kind of watch for it to disappear, and then I know if it's in a fish's mouth and just know. That's well, what the so this- only thing I caught on the Susque on the BOS on the Susquehanna is the only bait. Like other than that,
4: I would have skunked. So, well, the <laughs> the, uh, the chartreuse is the most limited of the limited edition, so um, um, they could easily be sold out in the next few days.
2: Um, okay, well, very, while very, we're doing very, this, continue. very few
4: of the chartreuse left right now.
2: Keep talking because I'm going to have to order <laughs> some now. Uh, um, this
3: is my second bag. This is the bag that
4: isn't on my kayak. So, <laughs> yeah. so. You yeah. know, next year we'll, we'll have some more colors come out next year. Um, you know, some of the, some of the limited editions might come back. Some of them won't. Um, and, uh, you know, Nico's a small company. We're not going to be doing new molds every year, you know, for lots of, we're not going to be introducing a lot of baits. It's, it's a lot of it rests on me and I I can't do too much. And, um, so we're going to take it, you know, step by step. But one thing we can do is introduce a lot of cool colors and, um, so we're going to be doing more of that next year as, as awesome. the year goes on. Um, so
2: that's awesome, A. And yes, Sean, the colors are fantastic. Like none of the – all the colors are just like that that chartreuse pepper, which that's what I, I – know it's probably just chartreuse, but it looks like a chartreuse pepper. No, it does um, have
3: – it has some speckle to it.
2: Yeah, the chartreuse pepper, the magma. I love the look of that. I am I like – I just don't even – I just want to stare at it. I don't even want to fix This it. is what I
6: use, that Dale Hollow – when you guys had the paddle and fin at Del Hollow, and this is what I caught, I think, seven of my keepers out of the ten I caught in those two days on this leech, this this uh, magma leech, man. It was... Because it, it resembles just like a nightcrawler. And then you got that little orange tip there just to finesse that bite. Oh, my goodness. They absolutely destroyed it at Del Hollow, and it was amazing.
5: Yeah.
2: So... You're giving all your sauce away, Brian. People are gonna come. <laughs> I mean, extra. I
6: made a video about it, so it's like it's out
2: there. <laughs> yeah, I know people were asking us because uh, me, Brad, and Justin were able to get on some fish. Um, We weren't in the tournament or anything, but we were getting on them, and people were asking, "Like, oh, what were you using?" It's like, yeah, just the jig, man, and Ned rig. Just look at colors. Nah. Like I didn't tell anybody I was catching fish on a jackhammer. And then like the day after the tournament, Brian posts a video. This is what I used the whole time. And I was like, dude, like you're, I know you're, you might be a little new to tournament fishing. You can't do that, but he still does it and he still does fine. So whatever, keep doing you, man. I love it. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, so let's run. Uh, I'm I'm love because we're at an hour and we still have so much to talk about, and I love it because most of our shows are starting to wind down, and this is great. Yeah, we're getting right into it. That's what I want to get into. So, the Nico Crawl. I know it's new, correct? Yeah, so yeah it's pretty new. I mean, it.
4: we we came out with a, a whole batch of new products, and um, this was the first of the new products. And so here it is, right here. Um, let's turn it this way. So it's a, you know, it's a 3.2 inch uh, bait. It's um, there's a lot of unique things about this bait is um, number one, the claws are really spread far apart. Um, if you, if you look at other crawls on the market, the cra- the crawls are all very similar straight, like a swimming crawl. And mm-hmm. this one's a defensive crawl. And because of Nico's material, we can do these things. So those, cr- those claws will not interfere with your hookup. They collapse. That's another good thing about Nico products. They, they collapse very nicely in the fish's mouth. Um, and when you use, like, for example, when you use them top water, you'll get a lot more hookups, uh, on, uh, you're not going to miss very many fish, you know, top water. Cause they just collapse so nicely in the mouth. So the claws will collapse nicely. That's a very, um, you know, very defensive pose. Um, just little details, like all the little claws on the legs, the, even the antenna are at the proper length and the proper angle, or, you know, of course, crayfish can change their angles, but, um, again, uh, it's attention to detail and doing the right thing. Um, a lot of baits are just very straight, short antenna, and that's not, that's not natural. And so it's just another little detail to, to make it, um to make the fish realize that they're, 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 they're actually dealing with a, a bait instead of something artificial. The belly has a lot of detail on the belly. Um, you see uh, the slot in the, uh, in the, in the back of it as well. So the, the, they, they can, they're designed for uh, anywhere from a two odd up to a four odd hook. Um, and one interesting thing is maybe Ryan, you can hold that sideways. You can see the body angles. Yeah. Um, If you, yeah, so the body angle. So the body angle is designed to mimic a crawl where it's right on the verge of running away. It's got those extended claws. It's got a body posture that that just says, uh, I'm in danger. I'm scared. I'm vulnerable. And, you know, the the thought process is that will hopefully inspire the fish to – go ahead and, and chomp on it a little more readily. So,
2: yeah, no, I a hundred percent, like, that's the one, the first thing I said when I saw it and this was at Vance outdoors, I was, there was a the buddy, I was dove hunting that morning when I was like, Hey, let's go to Vance. And I wasn't, I was going for there for Nico stuff. I was going there for Bo stuff. And I saw Nico and I was like, Oh, I went over there and I saw the crawls. And I am a big believer in smallmouth hate crawls when they're in a defensive position, even if they don't want to eat, they're going to kill the thing anyway because they just don't like it when they're trying to bow up to them. <laughs> and it, it's the perfect uh, like body position for that. Cause it's kind of, it's like it's shaped where the tail's kind of tucked in. Like you said, it's, it's wanting, it's ready to run away, but it, when it hits the ground, it's claws are up. And like you said, they're wide. Like most of your crawls, when I try to text, them or throw them, it's a, it's a swimming crawl. 99% of them are swimming crawls yeah. where they're, they're, they might float and they might be there, and especially jig trailers, you know, they'll move, but they're right there. So with these coming out and angled up, it, it's like I'm here, leave me alone. And smallmouth see that and say, I don't care, I'm going to kill you.
6: Yeah, and you see awesome those. That. Yeah, you see those crawfish on the river when they put their calls up. They're not just like this. They're like, come get me. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like, trying to be a lot
2: bigger than they. <laughs> bigger are. than they are. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a big defense what? mechanism, and I think that's what smallmouth see that they're trying to be big and I personally think smallmouth are just bullies and they're just like <laughs> you're not big it's like that kid who finally stands up to the bully except it's a, no, it's not like the movies and the bully it just beats the way. crap out of the kid yeah. <laughs> yeah that's just what it is and it's like yeah I'm big and smallmouth's like I'm going to kill you because I can I'm not hungry I'm not even going to eat you I'm just going to kill you yeah. uh,
4: so well, I mean one one thing about the you know the base with the Nico material again you can take these these crawls and the um yeah, you, know, you can stretch these out, and so at the time when we when we made these, um, we we got a bunch of crawls on the market, and um, we actually did like little strength tests, and um, so they they're they're at least two times, and most of the time three times or more stronger than any other claw on the market. Um, and there's one other interesting thing about the claws is that each one, each cavity in our mold is unique. So the little uh, each each craw has a unique um, the dimples on them. That's awesome. Um so oh, that's
2: sick. Yeah, so, Brian's learning this for the first time and he's looking, he's like, what? You <laughs> yeah, can so, see the
4: dimples. You can yeah. see the little uh little bumps on there.
2: Yeah.
5: yeah.
4: So they're unique to each one. And so, you know, I, I I'm a very firm believer that fish are extremely aware of their environment and they're extremely able, you know, they're able to read minute detail. And that's my philosophy and thought on it. And um, so, you know, if you lose your crawl or either you miss it, you know, if you wanted to, you could just pull another crawl from your pack and throw it out there. And it's gonna be slightly different than the one you threw before. Um, and, so you know, cool. to the degree that that helps, you know, at, at some point you gotta ask some people, what's the value of, of one catch? Um, and, and it could be a lot. And so we, anyway, we take these little extra steps to make a product where that people will be happy and take that extra step and, uh, try to make it so that the fish find it difficult to learn that these are not natural things yeah. to eat.
2: Yeah, that is, that is one thing. I know Brian, uh, messaged me, I don't know. You messaged me a couple of days ago. You like, have you tried the crawls yet? And you sent a picture of one rigged up yeah man and it catches (laughs) tanks
6: i called that sunday this past sunday on the sciota 19 (laughs) incher yeah there
2: you go and uh uh i was like i i didn't i'm i'm the brian's learned this i'm like the worst texter ever i always forget to send messages back and crap and uh (laughs) but i got the packet because i have some of the crawls too and i was looking at them and i was like man the attention to detail is just so finite, like it's every little detail. Like, I you know, I notice how the like I said, the tail tucks in the back and it doesn't just tuck in the back, the whole back is arched a little bit and it's different. Um, like the attention to detail is just insane. And you know, you really get down to the nitty gritty of the bait. And like I told you, Scott, we had a conversation before the show, um, about a week ago before the bait ever gets, hits the water if people are confident in how the bait looks and confident in the bait, they will be more confident when they throw it. And that's one of the biggest hurdles people get when they want to try something new is they have no confidence in throwing it. Like if I just gave a frog to somebody and said, Hey, and I've been playing with, for everyone watching, I've been playing with a frog the whole time. Uh, <laughs> cause I have so many in front of me cause we did a top water show, but if I gave someone a frog and they've never thrown it before and I give them just a plain Jane, like I gave them an old beat up Z man frog, for example, that I've lost both eyes on and half the skirt's gone and it doesn't the hooks, not even right there anymore. And I give them this and they're like, Oh yeah, this bait is well loved, you know, and they're, they're not going to have confidence throwing it. But if you give them something brand spanking new out the package and it looks good, it looks correct. Like it's supposed to be. A lot of people get that confidence and then feel confident in throwing it which will lead them to fish it better. And they're not trying to rush through fishing it. Like oh, I have no confidence with this and they rethink it. Like I was like that with jigs. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence with jigs. I throw it out there and then bounce it 47 times back to me. And then I throw it out there and let it sit. And then I was just all over the place until I got the jig master jigs. And I was like, dude, I love these jigs. And I felt confident throwing them because I liked how they looked. I liked how they rigged. And when I started throwing them, I started catching fish cause I was just working a jig like I was supposed to naturally because yeah. I felt confident in the bait. So confidence think right now
6: the package is important.
2: It's yep. super important. That's one of the biggest things with baits. And I think a lot of companies, especially your huge companies don't take that into consideration anymore. They're just pumping out new shapes that make no sense. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's somebody's like gets it because it's the latest, greatest thing but then it's, it
4: makes no sense. Having designed these baits and going through the process internally to get them into, turn them into a product for the market. I can tell you there's a lot of competing pressures and lots of different directions. And I I can, when I look at other larger companies baits um, you know, it would be unfair to criticize the designers because they probably came up with something that was quite nice um but by the time it goes through accounting and <laughs> all the numbers are crunched and hey you know just like for example with our crawl just doing the antenna like this instead of straight that costs money um yeah. Hey, if you make the antenna straight and, and it's going to save us this much money if we make them shorter it's going to save us this much money um so when you go through all those details with the mold ma- uh, when the people who work on, on the molds and the production guys um you know, there's, there are, even, even with Nico, I mean, we do make compromises on some areas um, to to accommodate that because, you know, um, some of the baits we came up with, uh, if we didn't compromise, you'd be paying $40 a pack. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and that's not going to happen. Well, thank so, you. <laughs> so we have to make some changes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So anyway, yeah. The um, So you, it. To be, but to do the, the attention to detail, you know, we hope to give people confidence. We hope to have them feel good when they use our product. And then I, I firmly believe that leads to more fish at the end of the line. And, um, you know, the, if that makes them happy and they're a happy customer, they're fishing a product that brings happiness and doesn't hurt the environment, you know, so.
2: Um, yeah, no, and I'm I'm big that the, the company has a big standing. And, you know, you talked about it a little bit earlier and I didn't really hit on it. Um, but has a big standing on caring about the environment um, because that's one thing. And Brian, if you know, working in conservation and things like that, and Scott doing it when you're younger and then doing it now, and then Sean looking at big river systems and, you know, me looking at smaller river systems, if you don't take care of the river, you can watch the river turn on you in a year. Like it could, the uh-huh. whole ecosystem can change immediately. I mean, we're seeing it with, Asian carp, things like that. The populations around the country are getting in whole ecosystems are just dying. So conference, conservation is a big part of it. And I'm, I'm really happy that Nico, you know, takes the time to think about that. You know, it's, it's cool to see, especially from, you know, a company, like you said, you're a small company, but I mean, I, I personally think just from once I started researching it, I mean, you have a good presence. So people, you know, know who you are. It's not like it's, you know, a small company running out of a house like people know who Nico is and you have that footprint. So I'm, I'm about that. Yeah. Um, what do we want to talk with? So now we're getting to the limits of my expertise in Nico because I've only used a few things. There is one bait. I really, really there's two baits I really want to talk about. One is the new winnows, but we'll get to that. I really want to talk about the octopus. Oh really? Okay. Because on your Instagram, I know, see, it's a, it's a, it's a, a trick question because octopus and small mouth make no sense. But on your Instagram, it shows a picture of a giant octopus sticking out of a fish's mouth. So yeah. at a small mouth of all. Yeah, fish. Yeah. So I, I want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well,
4: and, uh, you know, the, the, octopus is, um, I mentioned earlier in the program, when I first started with Nico, I had a tadpole, a shrimp and an octopus for small mouth. And, um, they all performed very well and at the time there you go that's the three and a half inch that's the that's the size I use most the most um, and that color is that black aurora so it's a really nice color um, so the octopus I mean you could look at it as a tube um, but you know the proportions are different the body small the tentacles long kind of reverse proportions um, well, I think if you fish it exactly like a tube, I think you'll probably have some trouble. I think you kind of gotta play with it um, to find wh- what's good for you. Um I know uh I know some guys in the like in the Great Lakes and who fish lakes a lot like, like to drop shot these. Um and I personally keep it on that same rig that I do my Helgramite with. I you know, it's just a tech like a one-sixteenth pound bullet weight. Um, same as Sean was describing earlier when he was talking about the way he started. Um, I, what I'll do is I'll just shove that one sixteenth ounce bullet weight right in the head. The head's hollow and, uh, the line, I mean, it's got a hollow section through there. So you can uh, put the hook through, thread it up the line, jam the, uh, bullet weight in there and just have a freely dangling hook behind it. I don't have to change it out. And I just kind of swim it And the, uh, it's got, you know, with those legs there, you can imagine it's got plenty of movement. And, uh, the generally speaking the fish are not shy about hitting it and um i I do know that i do know that the octopus has put um some money in people's bank accounts up on lake ontario and maybe some other of the other great lakes i'm not i'm not i'm not quite sure a lot of those things are kind of secret when when money's involved but
2: um yeah brian
4: (laughs) so um, the octopus Nico has a one and a half, like for you know, for panfish um, or trout, a two and a half, three and a half, four and a half, and a six. And uh, I've caught fish on all of them. And if you check out my Instagram, which you or uh, I was Instagram or Facebook, I think um, I was I was actually using this one right here. This is the this is the exact octopus that I was uh, that I posted those pictures of. Um, I don't normally use red for for smallmouth, um, but there's something about when I'm on a river, I just, um, you just get a feeling. And, um, and usually when I just get a feeling and I act on it, it usually turns out pretty well. And that day I thought, you know what, you know, I just got a feeling this is going to get hit. And, um, so this one here is, I only got that day that I went fishing, only about an hour and a half, but I got, I got, uh, I think it was like five smallies on this one. And
2: uh, so, dude, I, oh, like Ryan, I said, I you have to make a video.
4: Yeah, I'll do it. It. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Well,
5: um,
4: I, I also will say that um, I, I don't have any sort of data or anything. I'm just going by my gut feel on it. Um, the octopus catches fish all year round, but it just seems to me that when September rolls around, I want to put the octopus on. It just, it just speaks to me and it gets fish on and um, large mouth, small mouth, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, they, they get on it. And the trick is um, th- there's a little trick to fishing them is um, if you know, you're going to fish the octopus, put your bullet weight on upside down. Um, because that wider, that front end is wider so it won't pull through the head of the octopus as easily. Uh So you'll spend less time, uh, fixing it. It's no big deal to fix. Um, the baits are really stretchy. You can still jam them in there and, uh, fix it. But, um, you know, I value my time on the river. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Every catch is a blessing and I like to be blessed by catching
5: fish.
2: (laughs) Uh, There you go. Um, I can, I'll, be with that too, and see now. Oh. So, Brian, you have to make a video, and that's going to be my new challenge. Is I'm going to buy some octopus, and I'm going to catch some smallies out of so, the. So,
6: I'm going to tell you some juice that I don't normally tell people, um, which is weird, you know, because I post everything on YouTube. I actually take the skirts off my chatter baits and put the the three and a half inch squid over the keeper. So instead of like your typical skirt, it's an octopus skirt. And yep. since you throw chatterbaits a lot, Matt, I don't know if you throw them a lot, Sean. Uh, um,
3: I tend I, not as much, but uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I have some, so
6: yeah, I'll take the skirt off the chatterbait and slide the octopus over it. And I'll, I'll make a video for you because it's pretty interesting. I've i've caught a few fish, not a lot, but it, it works, and it's just an interesting swimming action watching squid arms instead of a skirt <laughs> <laughs> swim through the water. It's really awesome. Um, there, there's one little extra thing is the, the octopus
4: will have more mass than a typical skirt material. Yeah. And the chatterbaits are very unnatural. They're very unnatural sounds. They're very harsh. Um, they're very loud. And, you know, the, the small, the, the bass are predators. They're always learning. And, um, that, that is the profile of a smart fish. will learn, um, not to hit something that's loud, sharp, obnoxious in the water. And, um, so, what when you have more like the octopus skirt will have more mass. What that does is help. It helps moderate and softens some of those vibrations. And um, yeah. at the end of the day, none of us really know why a fish bites. You know, yeah. you know? Um, but we 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 apply as much knowledge as we can and experience. And um, I, I have another bait here: these little uh, Iconago minnows. That um, a lot of my pro staff swear that. Um, putting these on a chatterbait will increase production. And I, you know, this is what I do for a living. And I'm, I'm convinced, again, I don't have any scientific data, but I'm, I'm pretty convinced that moderating that chatterbait by those vibrations and that sound, I think is a plus. Um, There's still plenty noisy. The fish can still find it easily. You don't have to be that harsh. And I think softening it, um, with a material that acts very naturally, I think it also produces a more natural um, of, like, frequencies uh, as, as it goes through the water. And I think, I think that will make the difference uh, on the edge, you know, on the edges. Yeah. I, mean, I think you'll get more fish.
6: It's just the cool because you can just experiment with so many different things with the, the octopus. And you just you, you can let your imagination go wild on the river. You can throw it in just so many ways
4: yeah so um just one interesting thing with the octopus i mean you can get an octopus and you can uh you know put a worm inside it and have it like this um Hmm. the octopus are built like the four and a half the three and a half you can actually put a three and a half you know inside the uh the four and a half and you can mix your colors up and add bulk um there's a lot of things you can do with the octopus
5: um i'm so excited
4: it, it's a cool bait. Um, I, I do want to say that it's it's a it's a different bait, and I so whoever tries it and buys it, play around with it because once you know you're going to feel what you're going to get a feel for what's natural and works. And when you do, it's a fantastic bait. And um, and and again, I think for some reason, I think the fall is like I said, it's always a good bait, but I think it becomes an excellent bait from probably now until like mid October. Um, it just just something about this period of time that just seems to be a little different um, with that octopus.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there goes more of my money. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. Um, okay. So I want to talk about, I kind of want to talk about the minnow now, because you just brought it up this, uh, this because we have a, we have a lot of guys who, love chatterbaits i know me and brad when the river gets muddy uh he's gonna hate that i'm telling people but i don't really care because he's not here um we will throw jackhammers when the river's muddy in certain sections and get hammered on it and that's when we'll that's like all we'll catch our fish on is like jackhammers and chatterbaits so you mentioned um the minnow uh, yes that a lot of your pro staff's using
4: yeah, so it means just a simple. Well, that's the wrong. Let me get this one easier to see. Um, you know, it's just a simple minnow. Oh, there we go. Um, and that Aurora color is really—that's the number one seller. That's a special bait there. Um, that's my favorite. Um, so it's a, you know a four-point-six-inch. Um, it's got those eyeballs in there, which is another cool thing about Nico. Some of the baits have those eyeballs like that. It's got the vertical tail, so if you fish it straight, you know, you're not going to get a ton of action on it. But you can also turn it 90 degrees and fish that tail flat. The fish don't seem to mind whether the whether the eyes are properly placed or not. Yeah. Um, you know, people use them as trailers, uh, you know, the chatterbait trailers. Um, you know, Texas rig them, put them on jig heads. Um, fish them top. They're great top water. Um, you know, you don't have to be super noisy um, for top water. I think a lot of people always think you got to make giant noise. Um, and for when I when I'm fishing ponds or, you know, around where I live, um, I usually go to the ponds that are like covered in algae and nobody fishes because my baits float. And all I have yeah. to do is hit a few pockets and just plop, plop, plop. That doesn't need to be much. And something about this, you know, like worms. Worms are so popular. It's got that long slender profile. It's you know, easy for a fish to ingest. And uh, this is a long slender profile and top water. They just jump on it. Um, you know, some people chop them in half and use, use them as nids. Um, so this this bait will, again, this like a lot of Nico stuff, this bait lasts forever. Um, I don't think anybody's ever worn one out. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other cool thing is that it's got a hole in the head. And so you can, they're great for Nico rigging. And when I fish on the Shenandoah River in Virginia, I'll just shove a little nail weight in there. You can... You can see it in there, maybe. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. um, There's a. There seems to be like a about a three-week period starting about now, every year where the fish just go crazy over a Nico rigged minnow. I just plop it down on the bottom, you know. Just like Brian was saying, you know, let the bait do itself do the work, and that tail just flutters and moves very easily. And just set it there, and um, they just they just love it. They just pick it up. It's a very easy bait to fish, very versatile. Um, but it's also a bait you need to know what you want to do with it. You know, the mite you can just throw out there. A beginner can throw the mite and they'll put fish on. Probably the same with the leech, more or less. Um, I think this one, you kind of got to know what you're doing and um, with it, and maybe target a little better. But it, it's a really effective bait. Um it's used for salt water and fresh water, you know. So, yeah, that's – it. that was one of Nico's earlier baits. Um,
2: yeah, I really like the the profile. Now, with that, are you able kind of like with – you know, I know it's not segmented, but like the 4.6, some people might think that's too big of a profile. Are you able to cut that down? Yeah, just chop the head me? off. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and
6: just cut it down. I'll actually cut like two-thirds of it. Can you hold that bait up, Scott? I don't have any ganaga minnow you on me. Sure. I'll cut like two thirds of it to where like two and a half inches and the tail is left. And then I'll put a, a net head on it. So oh, wow. it's Just like a little minnow, like a demiki rig pretty much.
4: Yeah. So it's great that way as well.
6: That's why yes. like I said
4: you can chop it and use it on, you know, some, yeah. Brian's one of them that <laughs> chops yeah. it and uses it that way.
6: <laughs>
2: um, yeah, no, I I'm a, I didn't even see those. So I'm happy you brought it up because you know it kind of leads into the the next thing. And this will probably be one of the one of the last few things we'll talk about because we're going on to an hour and a half, um, and Brian's gonna yell at me because it's a long show. But (laughs) Um, I don't I don't care. Uh, I want to talk about the other new bait, and this is how we can wind it down to the winnow,
5: Yeah.
2: Which I think, and I I'm about to show it in the lunar color. I've fallen in love with this color already because it looks amazing in this bait. Uh that core shot looks awesome yeah yeah yep. so let's
6: talk unfortunately about the that unfortunately the pictures just don't they don't do it justice you have to see this color in person when i first met scott in person at icast i, I went to icast and met him in face to face and he pulls out the lunar color and i was like hold on what is that color he's like this is lunar i was like no 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 that's That looks way different you cannot capture the essence of this color unless you see it in person It's it's an incredible color and i absolutely hammer fish on the gmr with the lunar
4: yeah this is a color i really wanted had in mind for a really really long time and then during development uh, uh, some people who gave me some advice also had this color in mind themselves so it was a kind of a coalescence of minds about let's let's do this type of color um so the color—it's actually the core—is actually um, that black. It's actually a black core, and that core is all squid extract. That's how, hmm. it's, how it's colored. And, wow! Um, really? So the the blue that's that cool. you see is actually on the outside of that. It's a, there's a clear layer with the blue flake on the outside. And that's a, it's a, adds a kind of a um, a color with depth. So um, you know, if you if you look at the animals in nature, there's all kinds of strategies that they employ. For coloration, and um, if you can add depth to it, um, sometimes it, it confuses predators if, if they perceive things if they're confused on the depth and the distance. And so, um, so that's that's one another thing that kind of uh, represents or mimics nature to some degree. Um, this this bait has really really got a lot going on. Um, this is probably the, this is the most innovative rib swim bait out there it's really this is this is the bait from which all other innovations and other companies will be based upon i think um so first we'll just start with the most obvious is the ribs um you see them zigzag all the way around the body um but if you notice they transition to to straight towards the end so they the angles get slightly slightly less and less as it goes down
2: Oh yeah, like right here. Yeah,
4: so um, you know, if you swim, if you fish a lot of the rib swim baits, you'll hear people say this brand is good, this one's no good. Um, I don't want to mention names, but um, when you look at them, I mean, a straight ribs down. One, number one, they're, they're easy to make. Uh, okay, so um, first, that's <laughs> cheap. They're cheap to make straight ribs. Um, but when this, when the straight rib baits are um, being swum through the water they're emitting the same frequency of vibrations only it's a monotone presentation Um, if the fish are on that frequency if that triggers them that day then great Um, but there's a lot of days it won't and so you're fishing with an inferior product if it's just got straight ribs so by zigzagging these ribs and transitioning them you provide a a full spectrum of frequencies and you know these, these you're gonna you're gonna cover most likely you're going to, or you're more likely to cover a frequency that a fish is going to be tuned in on. Um, because whatever bait they do, you know, all these things moving in the water emit vibrations of some frequency. And, you know, you and I, we don't always know what that is. And even if we did, how would we mimic it? Uh, Um, so, so this bait covers those frequencies and, you know, during testing, um, we put this bait up against uh, a lot of the Straight ribbed monotone, some very famous brands. And you know, the reports we got back were um, tough day of fishing, couldn't get anything on my main rib swim bait, but I got hits. I got maybe I caught a fish on the rib, you know, on the Nico winnow. It would, it would, you know, when paired against a bait of very, very similar design, um, it excelled quite well and it seemed to prove our design and it seems to prove what we set out to do Um, so that's the that's one thing Um, um, also just you know because of our material the the body inside is actually slightly um, thinner than other bodies out there Um, the ribs are very thin and soft Um, they in addition to emitting the frequencies they'll also move in the water and so you have a it creates a a a live image you know like a, a live bait because it's it's not just being drugged through the water you know creating vibrations through pure displacement the the ribs are also moving and that creates another aspect another depth to the to the to the to the fish attracting you know part of the design um the um the one thing it's going to be hard to see here Um, and put me up on the big screen. It's, uh, okay. So you can see the design is a bit triangular.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, You can see that. yeah. 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 Yeah.
4: So that, um, we, we designed this bait to be a, a slow retrieve and a fast retrieve bait. Um, it seems like the evolution of fishing with swim, rib swim bait seems to have gone towards, um, from what I understand, uh, has gone from, you know, extending the season a little longer into the colder water when things are slowing down. Um, and so this bait was designed to, to be able to extend your season, either either on the front side or the back side, by being able to fish this bait in, in colder water. And one thing we didn't mention early in the program is Nico's plastic remains softer at colder temperatures than other plastics. Um, So we can also do that. Um, So um, it's a slow retrieve, but, you know, but uh, designing a slow retrieve bait, you know, swim bait is pretty easy, but how do you stabilize it when you want to rip it real fast? And um, so that triangular design um, helps stabilize that bait. So you can go, you, this bait can be stabilized at, at high speeds or slow speeds. And the other thing was the, um, the belly profile um the it, it's kind of hard to tell but if you actually see the product in, in real life maybe look at the pictures um the belly is swollen it's got a swollen belly and again this is another thing to uh, mimic nature because when when a when a fish are targeting you know like smallmouth they they will or all fish all predator fish will target their fit their their prey by um one accessibility obviously um and the other one is a uh, nutrient value and a uh, swollen belly also represents a, um, a, a higher nutritional value fish pick up on that they know it they, they read it in their DNA um and so when they when you're fishing this bait there's a like I said there's a lot going on in there um it, it's uh, it just appeals to fish on so many levels it's um it's got, just little details put in there. Some of them are minor, you know. We've got hash marks on the tail. It's a big tail that the tail really moves very easily. You can barely move this bait. Some people nico rig this bait, by the way, hmm. um, because really the tail the moves. Um, one of our pro staff actually, when the, you know, the, uh, eventually the tail will come off. Um, you know, uh, they have gone up to about 150 catches and still performing well. Um, <laughs> But eventually, it will come off, and uh, I know if it goes against a three-foot barracuda, it comes off pretty easily. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, fish
2: fish with teeth don't count. So.
4: <laughs> but but as far as you know, you know, freshwater fish, it'll last a long time. But when it eventually it does wear out, um, you know, I also use them on Ned rigs as well. Um, but the um, the hash marks, there's a bunch of little designs on the tail. So if you want to tighten it up, I mean, it's a big, it's got a, it's got a heavy thump to it. Um, if you want to tighten that up, you can chop off, chop off part of the paddle. And uh, there's marks on there for you to, to help guide you. So you remember next time and when you get it the way you want. Um, you know, there's a little slot in the back for exposing your hook. There's uh, there's markers. There's, uh, so you, again, you want to swim this straight, right? So there's actually a markers in there. So you can line your bait up properly on the hook so that you can get it straight. There's even a marker for a nail weight if you wanted um, in there. And the head is designed so that if you chop it off, it fits most jig heads um, uh, that are on the market. Um, but a, a lot of, and there's other little details in there they probably shouldn't talk about. But um, <laughs> but there's a lot going on in this bait, and that it, it really is, as a lot of thought went into this. And this bait is, um, just by the way, going zigzags all the way around the bait. Nico's the first company in the world to do it because. You cannot make this bait with traditional molds. It took us over a year. Um, Nico had to visit lots of different high-tech industries in Japan, look at different machinery, different um, concepts of approaching this problem to make this bait. Um, It's uh, now it does cost right now. It's at 1499 for five of them. Um, A lot of people shy away from that uh, because they don't understand the value there. Um, But again, uh, when you, you know, some of the baits can go 150 fish. Um, we think it catches more fish, and testing it when testing that we did, it it certainly seemed to catch more fish. Um, and uh, you know, if you look at the money people pay on a fishing trip, just just in your gas or or just going to the store or replacing another pack, then uh, it's it's one of the best values out there. And um, so, there, anyway, that's that's sort of the winner.
6: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So. You have something, Brian?
6: Yeah, I was going to say um, one of the things to try to show people when I'm making videos is the value of a catch. Like when you break it down, if if your helgramite's catching 40 smallmouth and that helgramite was $2, you can kind of break down cents to catch, if that makes any sense. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. so when <laughs> someone sees an expensive product like the winnow and you can go out there and catch these, so many fish on it you can break it down and how and break those catches down into a dollar value and then you can kind of be like okay well this nico pack this five pack of winnows will last 20 kitek packs and we know how you know just different companies but just the durability and trying to get people to understand that um you can get a lot of value out of these baits out of this plastic
4: yeah, I haven't done any calculations lately, but in the early days when we were getting started, um, we did some analysis and um, the cost of fishing Nico we, we calculated to be one twentieth the cost of fishing traditional plastics. Hmm. Oh, wow. uh, and yeah, so yeah. that's that's what we came up. And as far as durability, as far as like Helger mites, um, I've gone around 250 catches before I lose them. Um, I think a lot of times I could probably go about 500 um, on, a, on a bay. Um, the only exception is when you get snagged and start yanking. I, I fish with, I usually fish just straight braid, um, oh. and uh, braid will do a en- braid. You know the, the baits are tough, but if if you're if you're if you're really s- swinging your rod trying to get a snag off with braid, um, <laughs> that braid can do damage to the baits. But but otherwise, you know they last a, a really really long time.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. that's one thing. Uh, being in the like the big swim bait game, for example. I'm used to spending an asinine amount of money for a bait. Uh, It's just how it is. I mean, I have I have uh, hard plastic or hard uh, swim baits that I spent upwards of two hundred dollars on. But for your average angler, it's what's always weird to me. Like we spend so much money on reels and rods for the uh, for the concept of well, if I buy this really nice combo, it's gonna last me forever as long as I take care of it. It's gonna last. I never have to worry about replacing it which is the same concept that I think when it comes to baits and more expensive baits, because I was the last thing I want to talk about tonight before we jumped off here was why is your bait worth the pricing? And you explained it perfectly. The durability factor of it, the fact that, you know, Brian, you stated it. We all know about Kytex. I'll just say it. I don't really care. I'll throw a Kytex and get two fish on it. Maybe before the tail rips off or it gets rips or the hook rips through the head and it, you can't, can't T pose it any other way. because yeah. It's all destroyed. So, and You're looking at a pack of those or seven or six ninety-nine. So if you go through a pack of those a week, if you fish, like I fish, you know, multiple times a week. If I go through a pack of those a week in two weeks, I've bought two packs of Kitex. That's the same price of one pack of winnows. And if those winnows are lasting me, you know, let's just say conservatively 40 fish a, a winnow, I'm not using more than one pack of winnows every month.
6: Yeah, exactly. You know,
2: and that's on a bad month, like good month. I mean, I, I'm still way – I still have plenty of durability. So the the, the cost of it, I, I love how you explained it, and you did the testing at the early beginning of it where it's 1 And because people don't think of the long run. They just the think of the term, short run
5: because
2: yeah. they're so used to baits falling apart and lasting two or three fish. To where once they understand that these baits last – I mean – theoretically they last if you don't get snagged like with straight braid scott and you're throwing you know like you know you're throwing it and you're not getting snagged and you're just catching fish theoretically these baits will last you until you lose them yeah unless something you know like a pike comes up okay well i don't care you can unless you're throwing steel you're not going to win that
6: battle so who cares um, hey, i did win that battle on a helgramite uh two weeks ago on my video <laughs> i saw the video <laughs> i got a pike to eat a mite, that was pretty crazy <laughs>
2: yeah i saw that video that was a good video uh and it was good catch and explains it perfectly because how did you keep finish that mite the rest of the day yeah yeah the whole i day can tell you there's, there's, there's plenty yeah. of baits uh including some that come in blue packaging that i've caught toothy fish on and they they get rips in them and it's not their fault they're it's a pike it's not supposed to yeah. it's not meant for that um so yeah i mean it's it's awesome you explained it great um there's, yeah, I, I mean, a, we covered quite a bit. I
4: was gonna say there's a little, there's some additional aspects to it. Is um, um, well, a lot of times people don't calculate what's the cost of restocking every time. It's not just the cost of the baits. Um, um, driving to the store is could theoretically be lost fishing time. It's gasoline. Yeah. It's wear and tear in your car. It's the risk of an accident. Um, and then what's the what is the time loss in re rigging it all the time or digging through your bags? and putting more baits on and what's the cost of space when you're out fishing i think a lot of us would like more space you know to have more have more stuff yes. right um you know you can like brian mentioned earlier in the program you know, you can just put on one bait <laughs>
5: he's good yeah
4: to, as long as he doesn't lose it he's good to go and that's true and you know i carry because i i do this I and mean, i i carry like a big bag i've got everything under the sun you know, with me but i i rarely ever change out um and you never really have to and um but it, it saves time money um theoretically you know at, at some scale it even saves lives because people are you know after so many miles driven going to the store all the time you know um you know you even consider that and at the same time you know it, it also completely harmless to the environment you're not harming anything and then um yeah it's just a lot of merit to it besides that they catch oh, and no. a lot of fun
2: There you go. There you go. So guys, this has been a great show. Um, I'm super pumped to start using Nico. I don't know if anybody noticed when I was sharing the screen, I added some of those core shots to my cart. Uh (laughs) but yeah, I'm I'm pumped. Scott, Brian, thank you for coming on tonight. Sean, thanks for co-hosting with me, man. No, Um, no problem, man. You got any closing thoughts, Sean? Any questions you wanted to ask that didn't get answered? Um, I wanted
3: to give a quick shout out on the on the if you guys are panfish or trout. They're little stuff like the waxworm. I don't know if, you, if you've ever fished with waxworms. They're the most pain in the butt thing. Like even a little nibble and it's gone. This thing yeah. will last forever. It is the like ice the, fishing. The best thing for trout I have ever used, and yep. um, it just um, it's like small or uh, it is
4: panfish and trout crack.
3: They literally <laughs> love it.
4: Yeah. So so for people who do fish the smaller fish or trout, we have. Stoneflies, caddisflies, mm-hmm. wax worms. We have these little guys. These little, um, they're kind of hard to see. Little strips, maybe that way. Oh yeah, that looks. Um, and uh, Nico makes awesome baits. And you know, if, if you're interested in fishing the smallest soft bait in the world, Nico makes that too. <laughs> 0. <laughs> 0. <laughs> 0.2 inches long.
2: Wow. Oh lord. There you go. You're talking <laughs> about micro. Right
4: yeah. Well, I, actually, uh, there was a. Um, I used to have a, like a, a store that specialized in micro fishing and, um, they would buy a bunch of, they went out of business. They shut down and during the pandemic, but, um, mm-hmm. th- you know, I got to see a lot of photos of, t- you know, fish like this big, you know, caught on, <laughs> caught on Nico's little tiny little fly flyer. It's 0.2 inches long. Um, oh, that's uh, awesome. That's a awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Scott, do you have any closing words for everybody let everybody know where they can find Nico at? Um, sure. So, uh, go one, you could just do a Google search, Nico fishing or Nico
4: baits. That's it'll put you right. You know, the, the online store will get you there or it'll get you to the online store pretty quick. Um, it's Nico hyphen dot And, uh, you know, we have everything there and, um, you know, I'll just do a quick little pan down here. You know, there's a lot of other baits we didn't talk about, but there's a lot of cool stuff there. And um, I just want to tell people that um, when you make a good bait, sorry about the camera. Um, You're good. You know, when you make a good bait, and Nico does make good baits, don't be afraid to try something different because, you know, we talked about the octopus tonight, but I catch, you know, I did great. I do great on the shrimp, you know. Uh, look at the squid strips; they're easy to fish. You know, I even catch largemouth. Brian will laugh; he knows what's coming. <laughs> uh, I even catch largemouth on this. <laughs> and, uh, and exactly, and this, in fact, this 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 exact uh, crab has already been through several largemouth. Um, so, when you make a good bait, it opens your eyes. When you try new things, you learn your your what you will perceive and feel and learn about the fish and fishing, you'll be a much better fisherman when you try new things. Um being in this industry, I can tell you that a lot of what people are told to use or what you're what people are paid to tell you to use. Um and uh you know just to, just don't be afraid, try new things. And Nico has a lot of new things and I think you'll be happy and if you don't contact me and tell me why. And um, yeah. and so also for the for everybody, I, I put a code up on the website for everybody. Um, so it's um, hang on, I got to make sure I got it right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's paddle and fin, uh, p a d d l e n f i n, and uh, you'll get ten percent off the the uh, your order. Awesome.
2: That is awesome. We appreciate that for sure Absolutely. for all the viewers out there. And it'll help a lot of people <clears throat> get into the bait. Um, I know I'm the type of person something new and I have a code. I'm like, yeah, even if I don't like it, I don't really care. I'm not paying the full price for it. <laughs> and then, you know, you end up loving it. So um, that's awesome. So we appreciate it. Scott, we appreciate you coming on uh, and sharing Nico baits with us. Uh, Brian, let the people know where they can find you, social media, YouTube, things like that. Yeah,
6: absolutely, man. Uh, the Creek Crawler on YouTube, if you search Creek Fishing in Ohio, um, you'll probably come across one of my videos. Uh, the same as Instagram, uh, The Creek Crawler. If you search it up on the Instagram, I'm pretty sure it's the only one. Um, but, yeah, just the YouTube and Instagram is my socials.
2: Good to go. Awesome. And then, uh, Sean, let the people know where they can find you.
5: Uh,
3: yeah, you guys, uh, hopefully most of the listeners know me, but um, um, every Monday – uh on uh the best fishing for new show um uh brian i'll definitely have to have you on sometime we'll talk some uh creek fishing oh, absolutely man i'd love so, to but uh yeah um and uh, i'm still kind of building my social media pres- presence i'm kind of a slacker uh old school <laughs> uh, but you can find me on all the all the big uh all on facebook instagram no no tiktok yet but uh, uh we're getting it's there, okay so. i don't either I'm not about that. Yeah. Much. I can't do me that. Either. I just, I just,
2: I just watch stupid videos on there and send them to Brad <laughs> and my wife, and then my wife sends me a bunch of dog videos. So, but Matt, I appreciate you letting me coming on co-host with you. It's been fun. Oh no, man, I loved it. Especially the amount of experience you have with the Nikos. This is this is one of the first shows that I've done that I don't know a lot about what I'm fishing with, uh, <laughs> but the little experience I've got, I'm I'm super pumped. I love them a lot, and I'm excited to try the other stuff. I'm really excited to try the winnow. Um, now that you've explained it, because I didn't know it's crazy. Last little tidbit, and then we'll close off. Sorry, Brian. Uh, it's crazy how a paddle tail that's been around, that that style of bait's been around forever, but the amount of innovation you've put in it to make it new, which is awesome. I love seeing that, especially from small businesses. But on that note, everyone, long episode, longer than normal. That's what Brad gets for not being here. But <laughs> thanks for sticking around with us. Yep. Thanks for See hanging out, guys. In, guys. yeah thank you you. everybody
6: have a good night be safe on the water
4: Yep. thanks for having us thank you
2: there we go and on that note see
1: everybody later thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on paddle and finn be sure to drop a five-star rating a thumbs up or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on be sure to check us out on waypoint tv waypointtv.com Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin.